0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Clocked In with me, your host, Jordan Edwards. I'm thrilled to have you tune in as we dive into the dynamic world of productivity, success, and stories of incredible individuals who've mastered the art of getting things done. Whether you're commuting, Hitting the gym or just relaxing at home, this podcast is the go-to source for inspiration and actionable tips to level up your productivity game. I'm on a mission to unravel the secrets of those who seem to effortlessly manage their time and achieve their goals. So if you're ready to clock in and unlock your full potential, you're in the right place. We've got a lineup of amazing guests, industry experts, and thought leaders who will share their insights and strategies to help us crush your to-do list and make the most out of every moment. Get ready to get inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to supercharge your productivity. This is Hashtag Clocked In with Jordan Edwards. Let's dive in. What's up? It's Clocked In with Jordan Edwards here, here, here. Hey guys, we got a special guest today. He started as a dentist, and now he's the founder of the Freedom Founders Mastermind, and he's got a new book, Own Your Freedom, Sustainable Wealth for a Volatile World. We have Dr. David Phelps. How are you doing today? Hey, um.
1: Jordan. I am doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation.
0: Absolutely. We're excited to have you here. So for you, where did it, uh, the dentistry, where did the financial literacy, where, where did it all start with you? Well, I, think I think it started,
1: yeah, I think it started when I was very, very young, uh, I had really great parents in that they provide well for our family, but they didn't give us, myself and my two sisters, didn't give us extra stuff. In other words, they didn't, you know, pour on and buy us the new bike or the new tennis shoes or, you know, the stuff that we as kids want, right? I'm very grateful for that because it meant if I wanted to have that level of financial independence and <laughs> that, well, I still had a roof over my head provided by somebody else, but that is a level of independence, right? When we're kids- you know, we want to when we want to have the freedom to, you know, get on a bike and, and and go somewhere. Or I was a big tennis player. Well, I big tennis player. I love playing tennis, and so um, I I would I made money um, mowing lawns, lawn jobs, and selling greeting cards door to door, newspaper route. Um, you know, even lemonade stands when you were younger didn't make a lot of money there. But you know, it's the entrepreneurship, right? My whole point was, my parents didn't pave the way. Uh, and I had to earn my way to what I really wanted, <clears throat> excuse me, what I really wanted in my life. And, and that led me to, to really having that entrepreneurial spirit, I think at early age. Um, but then I, I followed a path that people would say today is one that, uh, would be very, a platform of word I'm looking for is uh, really, um, gosh, I just can't find the word. Um you know, with, without peril, um, um, you know, a a pathway through education to become, you know, a, in a career, a doctor, a dentist, I went down the dental path because, you know, it's about, it's about security. Right. So I want something secure. Well, people always said, if you get a, get the best education you can, that's really good. It's secure. Right. Just like we were talking about earlier when you were talking about getting your, your first corporate job and this is what it's all about. I'm finally there. And like, then you look around and go, wait a minute, you know, where, where's that freedom? Where's that spirit I had when I was a kid. Right. So anyway, the, the side note to this, and I'll let you jump back in, is that when I was in college, you know, studying the stuff I had to study to, to get into dental school, but I still wanted to figure out how to be a good steward or let's just call it an investor, right? I didn't have any yeah. money then. I was trying to pay student loans, but someday I'm going to have money, right? So I want to be a, a, learn how to be an investor. That just always uh, was something I wanted to do. So I read books on the stock market and I read some books on real estate and comparing and contrasting the two. The real estate just made sense. It was a tangible asset. You know, you could you could add value to it, you know, control you can more control. Just I just didn't get all the data and all the stock market stuff. So I, I convinced my dad when I was in my first year of dental school, 1980. So that's 41 years ago, just to date me a little bit. Is I convinced him to be my quote financial partner in the rental house we bought and co owned together. And I was the manager, he put he's the passive investor, right? Typical, we call it typical joint venture today. I didn't know anything typical back then. But long story short, while I was waiting tables all through college and dental school and making pretty decent money on tips in pretty good restaurants, right? Flexible hours. But when I got through and evaluated the amount of time I put into acquiring, uh, renovating, and quote managing this asset, this rental property. For four years, my dad and I split about fifty thousand dollars in capital gain profit. Again, nineteen eighty, kid comes out of school, twenty five thousand dollars. What do you go do with that? Well, I could have bought a car, could have bought all kinds of cool stuff. No, I parlayed that into more rental properties. Yeah. So that was my start. So actually, I was I was a real real estate investor. Then I went to to become a dentist, and then I left and went back full circle to do what I do today, which is freedom founder. So I'll let you connect the dots in there. I, I need to stop and take a breath.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, David, I your energy. I love it. Um, for me, what I really found interesting is first of all, for you to have the forethought to first invest in real estate because most people rely on, hey, I'm a dentist, I've been here, I'm making a solid income, I can do my own practice, but that's that's my, that's my bread and butter. That's my thing. You know what I mean? So for you to go out there and continue investing, What was that about you that was like, hey, I want to continue this path? Like, I'm not just a dentist. I'm a real estate investor as well. Like, You're wearing multiple hats.
1: I've always been a a long-term planner, Jordan. Probably sometimes too much. My wife sometimes brings me back into the current day and say, we need to enjoy life. So there's a balance there. No question about it. But I've always been a long-term planner. And once I understood how real estate worked and I got the real benefit from seeing how that our first house worked, and it wasn't all by luck, it was, you know, there's certainly timing there, but we did some right things. I thought this is a good path to go. I get it. I, I can make this work. I was learning from other people. I said, you know, I can make this work. So I, you know, I would I would sacrifice the niceties that, yes, would should come, you can say. A lot of people don't think they're entitled to once they go through a lot of school and, you know, they live like students and maybe with their spouse, if they're married, it's like, okay, finally, I got the degree and license and we're actually making some money now. And it's like, well, we should upgrade like our stuff, our our, our lifestyle. Okay, well, I'm not against that. I just, I just wouldn't let us upgrade a lot. In other words, I kept, I kept us in, in a rental property, um, first a house and then an apartment. This is before we had kids uh, for four years. And the first house that we lived in as a actually really nice house uh, was, you know, four years after I graduated from dental school and we didn't buy it. I lease optioned it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I lease optioned that house, a house on the water. Uh, I can't go into that story, but it was, you know, I learned how to negotiate. I learned how to find a motivated seller. And so I made my wife happy because who cares if you own it as long as you control it? and i control it for a lot less than i would have had to go and pay and put the down payment down the hard money down and and so I, at the same time i was building up this rental portfolio so i had to still appease my wife because if i would have pushed this down too far and kept her in an apartment too many years she probably would have left so that's not a that's not a goal to have you know the goal is not to lose your marriage while you're trying to build up financial security or financial independence so i had to balance but it's i think it's the creativity i think we lack in life a lot of times jordan um, any one of us at any time we we see problems or challenges or goals that we want to hit. And we see them as only like there's only like like there's one way to go. It's like what how it's like how everybody else does it. Well, then I gotta do these steps like this. Not necessarily. You know, you have to be willing, I think, to to solicit other ideas. And I think that comes down to you know, your relationships, you know, other people you know. We were talking about how you have the opportunity with your podcast to talk to a lot of amazing entrepreneurs and You know, you're building a network and you're learning a lot of principles that I'm sure you picked a few off the tree and like planted those in your own, in your own tent, so to speak. And Right. So knowing other people that can stimulate your thinking to say, is there only one way to get to where I, what I want, or can I get X being my goal without Y? Can I get X without Y? In other words, do I have to do with all this other stuff to get what I really want? What do I really want? And people think it's more money. Yeah, you get out of school, you get the license, the degree, the business, the career, professional practice, whatever it is, and you're starting to make money. And you think, well, and if I work harder or do this or that, you know, I'll make more money. Okay, what does that lead to? Well, typically we just elevate our lifestyle. I'm not judging it. I'm just saying that's what we do. And that, like, but what do we really want, Jordan? I say we want I, time. I, I say I, we want time. We want like we want choices, we want options. Not that we don't want to be lazy and not work. We want to do something satisfying that that gives relevance to us. To to helping people provide value, absolutely. But don't do it at the cost of giving up your freedom.
0: Yeah, yeah, David, you got a very valid points here, and it, it does come to the question of what do you want, and is it I want that promotion so that I can make more money, so that I have to do this, or like because then I have to still work more. You know what I mean? It's not always you get more money and less time. But what you're providing and what a lot of people might not uh, like, what what the conventional wisdom doesn't say is that there are ways to make exponentially more money with less time. How is that possible? And that's kind of what you're you dive into at the Freedom Founders.
1: Yep. And 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 in 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 the book that you know I just published with my co-author Dan Kennedy, Own Your Freedom, it's it's a book it's a book on principles. Like we really made it very evergreen. It doesn't go into a lot of tactical stuff about, you know, how to buy real estate no money down or it we don't go we went on high level on principles. I do allude to real estate because I, I'm a big believer in real estate. But there's, I mean, there's there's other ways to do it, whatever it is. But to your point, Jordan, it's having clarity. What do I or we? If, assuming you're married, because you have to do things as a we. You can't just do it by yourself. You have to be, you know, you have to be together on this. But that's part of the conversation is is figuring out together what we want. And I think you know, it, many times in marriage, and I can speak for myself, is many times we're not congruent with what we think that is. Uh, not not being, uh, you know, totally, you know, gender specific here, but many times women, they're more of the nurturers and they want the quality of time with the family, right? And, and I think we should all want that. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of drivers, which I would put myself in that category, I'm a driver, I want to get to goals, I want to get stuff done. I love creating and orchestrating. I, I, I just love the, the path. But then if we drive too hard too long and then we miss those years of of what people really look at when they're, you know, at their end, is not, you know, how many deals I did, how, not, how much money, how many companies I had, whatever. It's, no, you know, the time I spent with the people I cared about. And that's what I think we can't put that off to Sunday. It's really easy to say, well, when I get this this right, or I get this debt paid off, or I get this amount of capital in the in the bank or investments or real estate or whatever it is, when I get this just right, then I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to, I'm going to spend some time with my family that day, that day, that day never comes where we've got it all that way. Cause it's, life is not that way. Life is not in a box that you can just put a nice string around. And go like, yep. It's good. It's all good. Cause something will change tomorrow. It could be a good thing. Could be something that's challenged. You have to deal with it. it. Comes out of the blue, like things that happened in my life. It's just yeah. that's the way life is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I have this, uh, this group, uh, where we talk about personal development and different ideas and, some of the questions that we've always come up with is in the last year, like what's your favorite, uh, like what's one of your fondest memories. And usually when you sit there and think about that, it comes down to a couple things. It's travel, time with loved ones, maybe a deal, maybe if it was something like really exotic, but you you have to remember that the regular, like for you as a dentist, it's not, Hey, I saw my client and that was really exciting. Like that's not it. It's something (laughs) unique and something like, that's game changer for you so then if you can reverse engineer that how do i create those breakthrough moments it's living I, intentional and kind of setting yourself up so like for example something i did um is i had this roommate he was moving away but we wanted to do an activity so we decided that we were going to hike machu picchu so we did that last month that was pushed off for 18 months because of covid yeah but and the thing was that that financial impact, it didn't really impact me because I was saving along the way yeah. and I didn't choose to wait that one moment, but that's a moment that will stay there for, forever. that's 2021. That's an amazing moment, but that's kind of what you're diving into these incredible moments that make the difference. And it's not about, I saw 25 clients today
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: or I did. Because you don't need to have that big house, you don't need to drive that car, you don't need any of these things. A lot of them do them for external validation.
1: Yeah, you don't need them. I, you know, one of the points I make, and I, and I love to catch younger people if if they'll listen. And I'm saying, when I was younger, I didn't. necessarily listen to everybody, right? <laughs> we think we know it all, but if younger people listen to this, and again, I, I am not against anybody having dreams of of, of living whatever lifestyle they want. I, I I'm not one to say, oh no, you can't, shouldn't, no, no. no. Here's what I would say. Instead of elevating your lifestyle as you produce more income, whatever it is, trading time for dollars, which is what we typically start out doing, don't let your lifestyle elevate with that. What you should do, and this is really what I was doing, the question you asked me is you know, when I was buying more rental properties, is I wanted the assets. Whatever asset you want, I just love real estate, but whatever your asset is, acquire the asset with that extra capital and make the asset pay for the elevated lifestyle or some of that elevated lifestyle see so once you have the assets it's like having the golden goose do you ever want to like kill the golden goose kill actually kill the goose no you want the goose to produce so but if you never have a golden goose that produces those eggs which is the cash flow because that's what it's all about it's cash flow replacing your active income with passive annuity cash flow that's what starts to let you get freedom and if your lifestyle is elevating not from your work which turns you into a treadmill make the assets produce that that way you can still have the time and you can still work and be relevant and you can still get promotions or whatever it is, whatever you want to do, but you're not there trying to just tread water as your lifestyle goes up. Now, well, I got to keep this up now. Now I got to keep it up more. And then you have a COVID or something comes in or you have a family incident or a health issue or all kinds of things can hit from the blind side. And when that happens, and if you can't go to work for some reason, then where are you? Where are you? If I've got assets that have been producing some, the majority, maybe you get to a point where you're, what we call it, free for life and freedom founders, where now all of your lifestyle burn rates being produced by assets. Okay, you're pretty good shape.
0: Yeah, and that's an interesting thought because people sit there and they think, oh, I'm in the nice town. I got the big house. I got the car. I got all that. Now, what happens if the money does get shut off? Most yeah. aren't prepared for that situation because they haven't been building the assets because they focus too much on the income, and that's something that I—it's it, it, a huge issue going on, and we need to realize that that income's not going to go forever. We have to make our own income, and one of the ways I found that out, like what you're saying regarding the assets, the golden egg, all that, is I changed my association with what I want. <laughs> like I want those assets, it, like that makes me happy like if i go buy something that's like an asset where it can go up i'm like wow that was really exciting today like you know what i mean it's how do you think about that
1: yeah yeah i think it's 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 what i tell people is is you want your your money your investable money after you pay overhead and lifestyle and taxes you want that investable money you want it working as hard for you as you work for it and see most people abdicate that well why i mean i know in my profession. Typically, what people do is they they put their money in IRAs and four hundred one ks to defer the tax, and I get that. I mean, I that's that's understandable. But really, who's who's working that money? Well, oh, it's in stocks and bonds, annuities, and whole life insurance, and you know, we could name a whole bunch of products. But are those products really congruent with what my goals are? They don't know. I mean, they're just fingers crossed, hoping that the market stays up. And when the market goes down, it's like, well, now what do you do, right? So, so I think it's the it's the abdication of financial. Acumen. Well, it starts with lack of financial acumen. I mean, I mean, very intelligent people that I have the opportunity to work with. It it is it is a lot, and unfortunately, the traditional monetary system, which I'm kind of beating up a little on Wall Street. I'm not mean to beat up on people yeah. there, but but the construct is the the message they give to us, right, Jordan, is the financial world is very complex and complicated. It's very it so. You know what? You do what you do, and we'll take care of it for you. Yeah. Well, do they really? I I I don't think so. I've never met anybody in my personal world that quote retired. I hate that word anyway, but they retired off of their 401k. Now, they might have had a 401k and it could have added to it, but did they really retire off of a quote 401k, which is where my my group of people, that's where they go. You know, and it's like Yeah. I I just don't talk to people that have been at the game, working hard in those careers, very few, and I think very few and the ones that are outliers that actually can, quote, transition out, slow down when they want to or in the lifestyle they want to because, well, the uncertainty today. I mean, the uncertainty yeah. we have in the marketplace, the, well, look at the inflation. Look at the inflation ramping up right now. Yeah. You know, we, we've gone decades with modest, I'll call it modest. The CPI is not really constructed um, accurately, but still, we would have had modest inflation since we, Paul Volcker, knocked it down back in 1981-82, we've had all, virtually 40 years of where people don't even talk about inflation. This last year, everybody's talking about inflation and the cost of everything going up. How does that make people that are thinking about getting off the treadmill where active income can at least keep up and they're saying, well, I'm done. I'm burned out. I got to get out. Do I have enough? Mr. or Mrs. Financial Advisor, do I have enough? And they go, I don't know. I don't know. If you're still healthy, you probably ought to keep working. Well, that wasn't I had of mine. I'm 65 years old. I'm, yeah, you're healthy, yeah. but I, that, that's not my goal. It's like, well, then how do I know I have enough? I ne- You never learn how to orchestrate cash flow from whatever your accumulation is. That accumulation no, model no, just doesn't you work. you got a
0: very, David, you're right on. So I think for this group, um, let, let's aim it at, uh, you got a 25-year-old working, graduated at 22. They're starting to make money. They're making whatever, 50 to 100 grand. What is the breakdown to really set themselves up for this situation? What What do you think would be best for that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost is discipline. I mean, yeah. developing discipline, a habit, and that habit is is what I said earlier. It's don't let don't let your your increase in income, even though you're hardworking and and, and you you know you could say I deserve it because I got the raise or I did the extra deal and yeah. I got the bonus. Okay, I get it, I get it, but but don't let that go to your head. And it's hard to do today, Jordan, because of Social media. I mean, everybody's out there going, look at my life and I'm doing this. And, and if, if you're yeah, not yeah. doing that, you're thinking there's there's something wrong with me. And then you get sucked into that. Look, it's the discipline of, of not letting your lifestyle ramp up. Um, you can, you, yeah, I'm not saying, you know, upgrade your apartment, but don't go buy and lease the fancy car, even though you've got the, the cash flow to do it because you're working. Find the assets, uh, you know, find what you like. You know, I found I, real estate I, that worked for I, me,
0: I, but. Yeah, and just for the group, what what is the difference between an asset and a liability? Just slow it down and just sure, really sure. understand that.
1: Yeah, well, an asset is is a it's something. It can be tangible. It could be a pay, paper investment. But it's something that that actually uh, provides a a value back to you. Either you you use it or it provides um, you know capital or cash flow. Uh, but it provides something. that's a benefit to you as the owner of that asset. The liability would be easy to call that today. It, it, it's debt. It's, it's 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 any kind of debt. There's good debt and bad debt, but it would be like debt, credit cards. You know, racking those up, um, leasing uh, pers- personal cars. I I think I don't think you should lease or or finance a, a car. It's easy to do if you have decent credit, but they make it too easy. Discipline means again, you don't ratchet up. You and I would I I would tell kids today. I have young kids today that are doing this from our outside of our group. Is they're learning to. Take their investment capital and buy an asset, whether that's you know paper secured by real estate, which is producing cash flow, or do something with their parents, and a, like I did with my dad, a rental property, and you get half the cash flow. Well, now that cash flow can 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 buy that car because you just match payments. So the asset's doing it. I'm not having to work for it. The asset, and that asset will keep producing even if you finance that car for five years. You know, assuming that's a good asset, it keeps producing. Now the car's paid off, and now the asset's still producing. It's the asset. It's people think that what you do in life, your career, your skill sets, your education—that that's that—that's what 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 wealth is about. Wealth is not what you do; it's what you own. It's what you own. That's the back to the asset again. It's what you own. Now yeah. you're an invest you're an investment yourself. So I'm not taking away from education and working hard to produce the initial capital. But in the long run, wealth is not created by you just working harder and maybe being a, a neurosurgeon making. $1500 an hour. I mean that's great and wonderful, but that's not that's not freedom. That's not going to get you where you want to go. The assets, what you own is what will get you to freedom.
0: Okay, so someone wants to um let's go back to the scenario. So someone's 25, 50 to 100k, they want this freedom you're we're looking into real estate how would they go about that would they
1: so yeah so if if we're if we're looking at real estate we'll just take that and say that's that's the example we're using the vehicle which again i I think it's the best but it it takes it takes some some time and effort it's about relationships so yeah so a young person just like i was young one day i was young uh you, you you have you have you have to develop relationships you need to find mentors but you know it didn't take me that long to figure that out and then Then you take a little bit. Look, I didn't have a lot of capital. I had a leverage, you know, financial leverage. Again, we're talking a little bit about debt, but
0: good debt. Let's put a number down, like for the capital. Like, do you need like ten grand? Do you need twenty-five grand? Do you need fifty grand? Do you need one hundred? Well, you know, you know what?
1: Here's so so if you have more time and enthusiasm than you have money, which is the case many times for these for our young people, you've got the time. You know, there's people like me today that I don't want to be out on the street per se, finding the deals. I did that. I understand how to do that. So so I would provide capital. I do provide capital today to people who actually are on the street finding good real estate deals. And I'll add capital as a lender, I'll do equity deals with them, but the capital's there. If, you, if you're if you willing to put the time in uh, to learn what people like investors are looking for, there's a great connection there where where your time effort can bring the money in. And then putting these kind of types of joint ventures together on just one-off deals is not hard to do. You just I would work with anybody if they have the the desire and the perseverance to and, and would take direction to go out. Here's what I'm looking for. Here's you got to go do the legwork. You got to go knock doors, you got to make cold calls, you've got to look, you know, look for vacant houses, whatever it is we're trying to find. I don't see I don't want to do that anymore. I've elevated past that. So so take the time that you have as a young person and turn that into the collaboration that will bring you the capital. So it doesn't have to always come from you. That's a fast starter.
0: Okay. So let's sense. Say someone, yeah, let's say someone wants to do that. What what is their what are you what would someone be looking for?
1: Okay, so so I'll just give you a real life example. Um I yeah. worked I worked here in yeah, like the last 10 years. I've um this was a gentleman who left corporate, but he had construction background and he wanted to, to to leave corporate and be on his own. So he learned about wholesaling properties and how to evaluate properties, uh, and and you know, the whole nine yards. He's really good with that. He's good with people. So so I, I joined ventured with him and he didn't have a lot of money. He just had the desire and the and the and the, and the experience. In this, in this case, he's a little bit older than the young person we'll talk about now, but it still goes in the same way. You can still yeah. trade your time. And so I put capital with him. I mean, I put, and, and because I could I could watch, watch over his shoulder a little bit and make sure he wasn't going to get in trouble. I put capital and we worked out you know, different kinds of splits, but it enabled him to acquire the properties. And- we exited. We exited out of his portfolio. I did probably 15 deals with him. Um, we exited about two years ago. Could have stayed in it, but he had an opportunity to exit. He, he took a whole bunch of equity with him, and I took a bunch of equity, equity with me that neither one of us would have had had we not collaborated. And that was a perfect joint venture. I put up maybe not 100% of all the capital, but I put up probably 95%. Yeah. So he so he didn't have to bring a lot. He put the time, the effort, the experience, the management. The hard, you know, I'd say it's a lot of the hard work, but he gained from it immensely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, so in your book, Own the Freedom, what what are we looking at? What does that really touch on about all this?
1: Yeah, so, so, well, that the principle right there of, of the power of association, power of association, um, I talk about the business of your money. So that comes back to what we talked about earlier about just being focused on financial acumen. Uh, your freedom number, which is your lifestyle burn rate. So, so knowing what that number is, and then learning how to acquire the assets that will more quickly get to that number, which then gives you really t- true freedom. Um, the criticality of independent thinking, being being not following group think. This is the way you do it. We talked about that earlier, you know, not doing it w- the way everybody else or the, the traditional industry says to do it. Uh, we touched on uh, wealth is what you own, not what you do. Um, I talk about the fact that you need to have overriding principles. Before you develop strategies and the strategies then beget the tactics. Most people do it the other way around. Bright shiny object. Hey, I'll go, I'll go do that, I'll go do that. Well, where's the clarity? Where's the where's the purpose behind that? You, so what you talked about earlier is, is having that clarity. Um, and I talk about trans, transferable skill sets, um, different skill sets, so we call them soft skills, but communication skills, negotiation, negotiation skills, skills that aren't leadership, a uh, communication, not, not taught in school today. Those will be a big step up no matter what you do. And really probably the last. Key chapter is the power of before you are ready. So a lot of people think, well, I can't do this or that because I'm not ready yet. I need to get organized. I need to study more. Nope. Uh, Mentors can get you on that road a lot faster, so you don't have to like wait until you have like degrees, licenses, certifications. Those are all fine, but this world is not about that. This world is about what value can you bring to the people that you help with, collaborate with today? What's what's the value? And that value can continue to elevate as you elevate, as you continue in your personal growth and your ability to to see the world in different iterations, the world's wide open. And it doesn't have to be this lockdown mode that we've had this last year in COVID or the situation, Jordan, where young people who are going to school, maybe for the right or wrong reason, they're coming out with a lot of times a lot of debt. They're kind of hamstrung from the beginning. And I'm not trying to push down education. I'm just saying, again, have clarity of purpose, education, college, et cetera. It's not for everyone. And I think we yeah. we create a society where it's like if you don't go to school, you're missing out. I think that's been way oversold, way oversold.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely hear that. Um, the fascinating thing about you, David, is that you were 27 years as a dentist. So what what kept you in the dental career so long that you were like, was it that this is it? Because most people that are in a doctor, a lawyer, uh, accountant, they're in that role, and that's that's what they do. Not too many of them make the jump to, "Hey, I'm the real estate investor, and now I'm running a real estate investor mastermind for these different professionals trying to help them to do it." You know what I mean? That's a pretty interesting niche. So, well, it it, it, has yeah. do,
1: it has to do has to do with um, sunk cost fallacy, which means okay. when we put time or money, capital investing in something, uh, our education uh, or a business. And, and you go whole hog. I mean, you know, it's like your baby. It's like once we put a lot of effort into something, it's, it's hard to say, you know, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to leave that for something else. It's, it's hard. So that sunk cost fallacy. And I think also the perceived or the perception of security back to a corporate job, back to being a dentist. I mean, you can, if you're decent, you can always make money as a dentist. And so there's this, there's a perception of, of, of security there. What pushed me back, away from dentistry back into to be more of the entrepreneur and doing something totally different, uh, was my daughter. Um, she had a lot of illnesses. Uh, she had iris leukemia at a, at a very young age uh, when she was two and a half to five epileptic seizures. And then age 12, she was in end stage liver failure had to have a liver transplant. It was when I was in the hospital after her transplant, Jordan, and I'm just sitting there watching her breathe. I'm very, very focused on my daughter. I mean, she's trying to get through this thing and that's when I decided why am I doing what I'm doing? Now, I was not magnanimous, magnanimously wealthy, but I did take accounting for the real estate that I'd built up over about 15 years. And it was enough to let me sell the practice, take that equity, put it in more real estate. And I never looked
0: back. I never looked back. And this was never, uh, that's fascinating that you weren't thinking about both of them at the same time. And it's like a seamless exit, but it was a specific moment where you're like, I'm yes. done. Wow. Yeah, I,
1: I, 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 I doubt very much, Jordan if not for my daughter's situation that I would have made that move, even though I, I could have, well, I, I proved I could have, I did, I did. I yeah. didn't go, I didn't go back and do one more day of dentistry. I could have, I could have gone and worked for somebody, you know, without having my own practice. I certainly, I could have done that, but I never looked back. And I think that's the other thing that, that people, people are afraid um, to, to make a change in their life. And you don't want to be cavalier about it. You don't, you don't just throw the, throw everything out one day without a plan. Uh, but So I had a little bit of a base. The real estate was my base. I mean, I talk about having a plan B today. That's, that was my plan B. I didn't know it was going to be my plan B. I didn't wasn't ready ready to take it, but it was there. I worked for it. I put in the time. It was there. I knew how to how to orchestrate capital from real estate. And I thought, you know what? I should have learned the lesson way back when I was was that it was that young guy in dental school doing that deal with my dad. When I compared and contrasted waiting tables at pretty high dollar restaurants, good money, but trading time for dollars, and this asset. That produced about 10 times the my hourly value in this in the capital gain I got from the asset. See, that was kind of my clue. I I just, you know, you just you just don't think that way because you think, well, I've got this education and I and I gotta go do this thing I learned how to do. So fortunately I got back to it. Um again, we need doctors and dentists and CPAs and we need them, engineers and scientists, we need them. So I'm not trying to turn our young people away from that. I, I, I need you. I'm getting older. <laughs> I need some healthcare. So don't leave me, don't abandon me. But if I can help you on the other side, show you how to create freedom. So you're happier in your profession, then maybe I've done a good thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it now it becomes your know, dentists who are there because they want to be there. Not about, yes. the money.
1: you know, it's, it's, it's a game changer. I say in my book, and I'll say it over and over again, when you have hit your freedom number with outside annuity, passive income from assets, when you hit that number and have a little bit of a safe harbor margin, I simply say add 20%, everything changes. And I have people in our group, Freedom Founders, they hit their number and they're going, I I was thinking I wanted to get out of dentistry. I wanted to sell my practice. It was so stressful. You know, it's just, oh, it's eating me up. And now with the stress off, where now it's just like, well, what? I, now they enjoy it because maybe they cut back to three days a week. They get rid of like a bunch of insurance plans. They downsize the price. It's like, oh, it's a different story. I don't have to do all the stuff I was doing because I was on this this, this treadmill. So I, it changes for everybody. When you hit that freedom number and you know you've got sustainable cash flow that doesn't require you to go to work, you'll probably still want to do something because we all do. I don't want to just sit on the beach. I couldn't do that. But you'll find yeah. something that will either keep you in doing what you're doing and love it more or like me you might be able to iterate to something else that's been luring you but you are afraid to make that move because of the financial constraints
0: yeah but you're at the point where no matter what happens you're still going to be okay which is that that's an incredible point to be at
1: and i want i and see i want more people to to believe that they can do the same thing that you can get to a point even in this crazy upside down political economic marketplace we have today with all the volatility, it's a scary time for most people. It really is. Uh, There's uncertainty everywhere. Look, if if you can learn to control your own freedom and get a handle, then it's like putting your oxygen mask on first. You're You're in the airplane, cabin pressure drops. What do you do? You put your mask on first, then you go help the other people. Same thing here. It's not a selfish motive to get your situation in hand so that then you can help the other people. Maybe that's with your family or nieces or nephews or grandkids or people, people in your community, people in your peer group, but I think we have to have a grassroots movement to get us off of this socialist entitlement, um, you know, spending money everywhere by by nation, and get back to you know personal responsibility. It's not going to happen overnight. There's we've gone down the road pretty heavily, but there's enough people that believe in the core values of this country. I think we could turn it around. It's going to take one person at a time feeding off the other one. It's going to take take a movement like that. I believe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it definitely. The tough part is that a lot of people are uh, just chasing a title or just chasing a promotion or I want to make 500 grand a year. Is that really what you want? Or do you want 5,000 or 10,000 or 20,000 residual every single month without even thinking? uh, These are both like, but people don't have that other option because they went to the school, they got a degree, they know that this is the way to make money. And it's never thought about what do I invest in next? What do I do with this money? I just I let it save up in my bank account. Sounds good.
1: It's it's part of that group think, thinking like yeah. everybody else. Like like you've been told to think. This is how you need to think. This is how you do it. It's like you know if you follow the follow the majority, um, the majority's usually wrong. The majority yeah. is usually wrong. It, it, and you and you have to be willing to be contrary. And you have to. I think you have to develop a discern discernment about questioning everything. I mean, I, I question, you know, there's people I follow and I think, you know, they're smart people, but I still question, you know, different parts of what they say. I don't just take everything like, you know, at, 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 you know, for granted that, that they're, no, you have to question everything and make sure that you are following a truth that you believe is truth. And, and, you know, definitely, definitely evaluate or look at your own belief system. Because there's a lot of things that we all believe because we just grew up thinking this is the way it is, or we were told this is the way it is, and we just have have embedded that into us. And there's many things that are not true that we've just kind of swallowed up. Um, You got to you got to be around other people that can help test those and say maybe there's a hole in that thinking, David. Right? Speaking of myself, I you know I got to be willing to look at it. I can't just be like, oh, I know it all. I got to no. You can't. You got to be open, but find the right people to. That wisdom or that uh, clarity from the right people. That t- that also takes a little bit of work. That's back to the power of associations that
0: I put in the book. Yeah, absolutely. So when you question some of these beliefs that you were talking about, what are what are some of the main ones that you see that are issues? Like, is it around money? Is it around how to make money? Is it around just friendships, or it's just a little bit of everything? oh, it's a
1: little bit of everything? But I think I think one of the big ones uh, would be would, would be the belief that if it's if it's if it's going to be, it's up to me. Now, there's a part of that that's true. You have to get up every day and you got to take action. But I believe that the best action to get towards um achievement, which then can turn into success by whatever your definition is, everybody's gonna have a different one, is the best is done with collaboration with other people. So my point is, don't be a soloist. Don't be a John Wayne, rugged individualist. Again, love the character, love what he stands for, right? But if you don't do do things with other people, you're going to put your own glass ceiling there. You can't do it all. You can't curate all the information. You can't curate all the opportunities where, with the right people, you learn to put things together. Um, I was very much a soloist early in my life. Other than the deal I did with my dad, and I knew my dad, and I figured we could do a deal together. But you know, kind of, you're kind of afraid. You're kind of like you want to keep close to the vest and. I don't know if I want to give up control because, you know, they might, you know, it's, it's that scarcity mindset that does not serve us well. Again, the key is to find the right people. You know, you can get burned and probably will get burned sometimes, but don't let that be what pushes you back into a cave where it's like, okay, I just got to hoard all my stuff and intellect and, and opportunities. That's like, no, learn to find the right people. Um, and and collaborate. So that's that's a big one. The other ones, yeah, they're around money. What we talked about, you know, the accumulation model, save, you know, accumulate it, and then hopefully one day you can retire out, and then you start chipping away at that pile. And is it going to last long enough? And then we got the inflation factor, and so on. I see it's all about. It's really about the income. It's about the cash flow that you, that's producing. Either you're producing it. Or your assets are producing it. Someday, hopefully, your assets produce all of it, and then you've got choices and options. So, those are a couple of big ones there. I think that 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 are out there in the world that people uh, just have bought into and never, never, never questioned them at all.
0: Absolutely. So, for you, when did you realize that your mastermind there's potential for it? Obviously, your daughter was the one who caused the impact for you to leave your practice. But what caused you to go, hey? There's other people with this issue.
1: Okay, I'll keep this short. My daughter, I'd sold the practice. My daughter was, um, she had just survived the liver transplant and gotten through that hard year. My wife said, you know, we haven't sent out a Christmas card letter for quite some time. And I said, great, you know, would you go ahead and write it? (laughs) And she did. And so she talked about my daughter surviving and, you know, the year it was getting better. And a little P.S. at the very end. Oh, by the way, David sold his practice. That's all she said. Didn't say why, didn't say any. So I got calls from probably five or six friends, colleagues that, and they didn't question why I did it. Well, I get it. Your daughter was sick. You made a tough decision. Good for you. But hey, how did you do that? I mean, financially, how did you do that? You were only in your 40s. Most of us think we have to work till at least we're in our 60s to be financially prudent. And that's that's why I divulged what most people didn't know about me is I was always investing in real estate since I was, you know, very, very young. And so the question was, David, um, that sounds very interesting. Could you teach me? Could you show me how? And I initially I said, Yeah, I could definitely, but you're, you know, your 40s, 50s, you're not gonna want to do it the way I did it because that's when I had more time than money. It's like we're talking about the 25-year-old where I was yeah. out there hustling, right? Uh, you know, you you've got businesses or practices. What you need to do is you need to piggyback on some of my deals. That'll do two things for you. One, you actually earn my interest off of the deals we do because we'll have you know paperwork and splits off the deal, but you can also see what I'm doing. And if and if, if you like it, you think you want to try to do it yourself, you can, or you might decide just to stay passive. What, but I said, this that way I'm, we're not wasting each other's time. You just put some money in my deals. I'll show you how to structure them. I'll show you what I'm doing, how I evaluate them, blah, blah, blah. So I started doing that with uh, you know probably three or four and then the word gets out, right? Uh, and then more people are calling me. Hey, David, I heard you are helping Dr. Jones and I'm a good friend of his from the study club. And okay, I'm thinking, well, I don't want to create this, this new business called David Goes Out and Finds Real Estate Deals. I did not want to do that because that's that's not part of my freedom. So I thought, how can I make this work? Well, it goes back to what I said earlier about collaboration. Who do I know? Well, I've been doing real estate for 20 plus years at that point, And I know a lot of people. So I brought a handful of those people People I know that I actually do do create real estate opportunities. And I said, "Come to a small group meeting. Just I'm going to bring some some of my friends in dentistry and medicine, and you come, and I'll be the translator. I will show how we can we how we can work together because I think there's some magic here. That's where it started. Uh, not 15, 11 years ago. We started in 2010. Very small, very inorganic. I said, uh, very organic. I'm sorry, inorganic. It's very organic." Yeah. Uh, and, and I, and I told the, the, the first group of docs now I, I made them put some, some skin in the game. I said, look, uh, but I didn't ask it for much. I think I said, I said, $5,000, six months, and I'll do calls with you. I'll help you. I'll, and I'll just, yeah. I said, I'll get six months. We'll, we'll see if we want to do it anymore. If, if I don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. That's fine. We're just going to try it. After six months, they all said, man, this has been great. Could we do it again? So I said, okay, well, now we're going to 12 months. And then that started it going. And then as it built, I just, started curating more people in my network uh, to come and provide the real estate investment opportunities. And then, you know, the group's grown significantly and we do a lot of curation now and we do a lot of due diligence, underwriting deals. I got a securities attorney. I mean, we, we beefed it up because I want safety for the group. We don't just, it's not a pitch one. Hey, here's the real estate deal of the day. Cause you know, quite frankly, you and I know that's out there in a big way today. I mean, there's no, no lack of place you can throw your money if you want to be that kind of investor. So I really want safety in the group. So we we do heavy, heavy vetting to uh, to to make to give, give the greatest amount of safety to our group. So that's that's the, the story of, of how Freedom
0: Founders started. That's incredible. That's exciting. It was a niche and you just kind of played with it and saw how it went and you, you saw something that fit for you.
1: That's really awesome. It was, yeah, as I said, it was very organic, uh, but it was what I would say to everybody today, whatever you're doing, whatever you're looking at, whatever age you are, realize that there's always problems in this world to be solved. And yes, you you, you kind of like need to target, pick a niche that you like, maybe you have some affinity towards, or you just want to help that group of people. Uh, and let's figure out what, what are the problems they're having today in their industry, in their business, or whatever it is. What is it? What could I bring to them to solve that problem that no one else is really solving? So that's the creativity I think we miss in life. And if we just look for how can I add value to people I yeah. enjoy working with, that's the first step. And then you can start to build something from there. And don't be afraid to test it. Like my test was six months, uh, really, and that was it. Let's just test it. You know, it's no no good. I'll, I'll take what's good out of it, and I'll figure out what, what changes need to be made. And we we'll always make changes. But you can't yeah. start anything. You can't get it, get to a goal unless you're willing to start something. Just get it yeah. started on a, a low-cost Low risk basis, test your model, and you'll get feedback from the marketplace, which will tell you, are you right? Are you a little bit off?
0: Or do you need to change that model completely?
1: And then you haven't sunk, put all that sunk cost fallacy in it like we do when we go down the road to higher education.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I know our time is coming to an end. The last thing, how has COVID affected you and how are you guys overcoming that?
1: Well, for for me personally, um, I've had COVID. My wife's had it. Uh, my daughter's not. Um, so I survived it personally. Uh, from a business standpoint, uh, you know, certainly um, real estate. We we really had to look at. It. Well, we didn't look at it. We dealt with it uh, back a year ago when when the shutdown was there and, and people were told you know you don't need to pay your rent and that kind of thing. What we found was is that the right the right um, asset being a it was a house or apartment or whatever it was that made all the difference uh, to track the right people who weren't in it to take advantage of the system. Now, a lot of people needed help. I grant you that. So, so the real estate worked for us because we invest in essential real estate. We don't do hotels and tourism and yeah. you know cruise lines, which they got hurt and they're still hurting. Right. Um, yeah. From a, from our business, our business, you know, personally didn't get, get hurt at all. Um, so a lot of our doctors, we, we really went to work to help them as a group. To, to to navigate what they were doing brick and mortar yeah brick and mortar got got hurt a lot so we did some things to help them i would say on the back end you know everybody that i know made it through but we and i both know there's a lot of people sectors in in our in our nation today um that are still struggling a lot and i i do feel i feel heart-wrenched for those people um that don't have um a, a step up or are not considered essential or you know are being have been laid off and replaced by automation i mean it's the world is changing at light, light speed today, and I think the, the big lesson for all of us is we can't get stagnant and stay in one place, even if we feel kind of comfortable. Like, oh, it's running pretty well. Things yeah. are good. Don't don't stay there. You've got to continually innovate and be adaptable and flexible because you don't know when the next, next uh, turbulence is going to hit. We don't know. We just don't know in our lives. And so uh, you can't sit on your laurels, I guess, is
0: the, the key thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where can people get the book? Where can people find you? So the book uh, at the website,
1: ownyourfreedombook.com, ownyourfreedombook.com. There's some bonuses there. Uh, and then, uh, or you can get it on Amazon, uh, but I got bonuses with the, with the other uh, the website. Uh, me, you can find me at freedomfounders.com. Um, I do regular blog, podcast. I put a lot of I put a lot of this kind of information out cuz it's just like who I am. It's like I just I love helping people and I don't need everybody in my my group to help them. If I can seed somebody like you're allowing me to do today to give back to people who who are younger here here in this, hopefully there's something in the message that they picked up on and go, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to grab that one and I'm going to I'm going to take, you know, just like I did when I was younger and read those books about real estate. I thought, "Here is something. I'm going to go make something out of this." Now, I had to go do the work, but it was a great idea that set me on a, a course today that I wouldn't be where I am today without having taken that idea that I took back 40 some years ago.
0: Yeah. Well, we definitely appreciate your time. And this has been awesome. Thank you for all the insight. Thank you, Jordan. Love doing it. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, We'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in.